For an ex-science teacher, Ben Newsom knows a lot about marketing. In fact, he successfully used it to grow his business exponentially over the past few years. A business that in the past 12 months alone has educated and entertained over 300,000 kids with a crazy brand of scientific mayhem. So let's head over and find out exactly what his formula for success is. (laughs) Worst nerd voice ever. Hey, before we immerse ourselves in episode 374 of the Small Business Big Marketing Show, the marketing gold is made possible thanks to Cornerstone and 52ways.biz. Now, 52ways.biz is a free one-day live event hosted by business expert Dale Beaumont for business owners like you who want to grow. You can grab free tickets over at 52ways.biz and there's some new dates announced for Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane in late August. A repeat round. It was, it's been so successful. We're also brought to you by Cornerstone, which is an Aussie-owned, family-run offshoring business based in the Philippines who can reduce your running costs by around 70%. Yeah, 70%. Book a free feasibility assessment with founder David Warren by visiting cornerstonebusinesssolutions.com.au Well, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show where successful small business owners share their souls to take your marketing straight to the lead. Now, here's your host, Mr. Tim Bowie. And welcome back to the Small Business Big Marketing Show. I am your host, Timbo Reed, but you, so much more importantly, are a motivated business owner ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. If it's your first time round, welcome. What took you so long? If it's your 300 and something time round, welcome back and uh, thanks for the loving. Hey, big show today. Ex-science teacher turned entrepreneur Ben Newsom a physics education, reveals the marketing ideas that are helping him build an empire. Resident expert Dale Beaumont from 52 Ways gives us the secret to finding anyone's email address at the click of a button, and it's legal. I'll show you how to never run out of helpful content ideas, and we go back into the vault, revisiting a rather inspiring past episode with a bloke whose business idea came to him whilst he was hanging his wife's little black dress on the clothesline. (laughs) As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. What have you got to lose? Well, I reckon it's time for one simple yet effective marketing idea that you can implement immediately, one that's not going to cost you a fortune and that might just generate you more awareness, more inquiry, more sales. We love more sales, right? I call today's idea the how to create insanely helpful content hack. Now, when it comes to helpful content marketing, the idea phase is more important than the promotion phase. Without a great idea, it's hard to write great content and bad content is really hard to promote. Fortunately, there are a number of free tools you can use to come up with better content ideas for your blog, your podcast or your YouTube channel. And good content leads to better reputation, 
higher website traffic, and in the end, more conversions. So here's my three steps to creating helpful content. Step one, pick a tool you love to work with for the idea generation stage. Personally, I love BuzzSumo, but there's also Open Site Explorer and Quicksprout. You simply type in a topic and it will spit back links to content that has outperformed in terms of backlinks and social shares filtered by date, country and word count. Step two, once you've picked your tool, spend time in its help section getting to learn how to use it. Trust me, this will be time well invested up front. And step three, to form your own ideas, look for content that has done well in the past and think about how you can make it better or put a different spin on it. It's also important that you take the time to actually read the posts that have had high traffic or high social engagement in order to get ideas about how to structure your own helpful content. And here's the pro tip, team. Make a game of this by setting up some measurement criteria. Create your first piece of helpful content using this tactic, measure its success or lack of success, then aim to beat it with your next piece. Then simply rinse and repeat. There you go. That's my three steps to creating insanely helpful content. If you head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 374, you'll find a link to this post plus some additional resources to bring this idea to life, including links to the three tools I mentioned above, plus an example of a buzz sumo result where I searched my favorite topic of coffee. So what have you got to lose? Coming up after today's interview, Dale Beaumont reveals a simple and totally legal way to find anyone's email address. But right now, let's meet today's successful business owner, who is Ben Newsom of Physics Education. That is F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. Can't spell the boy. Don't know what's going on there. Ben used to be a science teacher until the entrepreneurial bug hit him in 2004. Now he has staff all over Australia delivering interactive science workshops and shows to schools, retirement homes, even prisons. In fact, in the past 12 months, they've entertained and educated, important to note, we'll come to that later, over 300,000 kids alone with their crazy brand of scientific mayhem. Now, Ben's a long-time listener of this show, And he has a huge respect for the power of marketing and growing a business, hence my interest in getting him on. During this chat, he generously shares the top three marketing strategies that have impacted most on his business growth, the importance of being entertaining in order to get a message across, and plenty more marketing insights. So I started off by asking Ben if he looks at the Mythbusters guys in awe. We do, but actually the funny thing about Mythbusters guys, and look, seriously, they've done a massively good job for science communication, but um, in a lot of ways, we kind of do that at, a, at a, just a lower budget, <laughs> driving around. Sure. Um, one of our staff members got to watch the Mythbusters run a program in Sydney, and um, weirdly enough, she got to be pulled up on stage and said, oh yeah, oh yeah, I did my science communication person as well, and was able to help them out with experiments on stage, which sort of grabbed their attention, they went, what? And off we went. How good is that? I mean, they've obviously filled that gap in the market, but um, do you, can you see yourself, would, would you love to see yourself um, be those kind of guys sometime in the future? Oh, absolutely. Any person <laughs> who works in a science museum, science outreach place, or, yeah, your average science teacher on the street, 
look, there's a little bit of professional jealousy or all, all wrapped around with, you know what, it's just a good show to sit down and chill. Yeah, and right. Gotcha. Hey, well, let's talk physics education, which is your business. Now, always like to understand where the idea came from. I've met a few teachers in my day. In fact, one of my sisters is a teacher. Are you one of those that thought the grass was always greener on the other side? Isn't the grass always greener, mate? Correct. <laughs> I don't know if there's a quote saying, yeah, but it's just as hard to mow <laughs> on the other side. I like that. Um, now, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a escapee. Uh, you often talk about uh, cubicle escapees, but yeah. I suppose I'm a classroom escapee. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, my headspace was I wanted to teach people about how the world works and let's become a teacher because that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I very quickly decided that, well, you just do the numbers. You work out that over X amount of years of teaching in a, in a classroom, you're going to you know, really impact a good five, ten thousand 10,000 students incredibly well over your career. But if you really want to make some impact, you want to teach others to do it. So wind it forward to now, that's sort of what we do. Mm-hmm. So uh, rather than five, ten thousand 10,000 kids over a career, we now reach 300,000 kids a year. Um, so it's kind of nuts. Is that your – I mean, we talk about, you know, finding your why. Was, was that genuinely your why, is that you wanted to impact as many young people as possible in the realms of science? Yeah, it's a bit cliche, eh? Um, no, well, it's, sometimes it's wise are, but that's okay, you know, like... No, it's, the reason why I say that is it actually stems from a um, just some, some interactions I had with uh, just the public when I was working as a bushland regenerator, so literally chopping down trees that were weeds in Sydney bushland areas, and people would come out and call us vandals, saying, what are you doing to our environment? You're wrecking it, blah, blah, blah. And I realised realized pretty quickly... Uh, working as a project management person in this bushland regeneration firm, that there was a real disconnect between what people understood really happens in the world and what they think happens in the world. And so that kind of changed my headspace, you know, from being a restoration ecologist to someone who teaches about the science instead. Nice. So so with physics education, that was your way of expressing or, or taking the learnings out to hundreds of thousands of people. What, what, what made you think at the very start that this was going to be a solid business idea, which clearly now it is. Um, I'm going to be honest, uh, naivety. I had no idea that yeah. it actually become a genuine business. Yep. <laughs> um, seriously, I, all I knew was that um, I wanted to teach kids, and um, at the time I was happened to be working within an education department of the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organisation, the CSIRO for the Russell Aussies, uh, and we're doing all these programs around the place, and I kind of realised that, I was still trapped within the government department, and I wanted to just do stuff for myself, so I entered the small business wilderness <laughs> to sort of start running my own programs. And to be honest, no one knew who I was, and that's understandable. So yep. I started running kids' science parties because at least that would turn a buck Brilliant. and teach kids something because no school was going to have a bar of me, um, at least for a little while, and um, just slowly build it over time. And, yeah, it's kind of gone a bit of a runaway since then. Uh, so, great strategy to start with kids' science parties. I mean, that's a bit of a no-brainer, and I can imagine that going really well. Why do you say no schools would have a bar of you? Yeah, it's a reputation thing. Um, and also, and, uh, look, teachers want to look after their kids. I mean, I was an ex-teacher, so you want to make sure that whatever interacts with them is worth your time and money and everything else. But, so, you go with the brand. I mean, I know there's very much a marketing story. So, you know, think about brand. You'd want to interact with a national science museum or, you know, a reputable source that's going to work with your kids well. And so uh, 
who's this bloke? <laughs> gotcha. Interesting. Well, that's a massive challenge because, you know, I was thinking about getting into schools is tough. I think for a number of reasons. A, they're very protective of their students. You, you yep. could argue that teachers, say, might think, oh, well, we know everything. We don't need, you know, Ben and his team to come in and teach more physics. Um, mm. You know, there's a whole lot of rigmarole you've got to go through. Plus, what you're saying is you've got to, you've got to become someone. You've got to build a brand so that teachers are standing up and going, oh, yeah, yeah, the physics education guy, they're, they're amazing. So, so h- how do you get to that point? Um, patience. <laughs> okay, so there's a number of different ways. Like, I've seen a lot of uh, startups start up and they'll spam teachers and they'll do all this stuff that, frankly, just annoys them. Um, it's a really conservative space. Um, so I figured, you know what, the science parties on the weekends are paying my rent, <laughs> so we'll do that for a start. Um, and at the time, actually, I was working as a... Um, I had a secondary income actually chopping steel and welding stuff uh, for my, my late father-in-law's uh, conveyor manufacturing company, which allowed me to build up some trade skills to be able to build cool stuff for experiments later, which I didn't realise I was learning at the time, but it was kind of neat. But I had this... I didn't, ha- I didn't have this rush. I just figured, let's just slowly learn this thing called business because I had no idea what a ledger is. Frankly, I still don't know what a ledger is. <laughs> um, but the... Um, well, it's still a ledger, you know I mean? It's not... It wasn't my thing. Yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to... I knew that schools would take you seriously if schools invite you in rather than you forcing yourself yes. onto them. So my first in was actually this usual deal, you know, a bit of a mate of mine. Uh, a mate of mine said, hey, uh, I know you've just started this business. We've got this environmental science day happening down at Bankstown Council. They don't do it anymore, but they used to do these big days mm-hmm. where they invite 20 schools in or so around the local district to learn about environment. Can you do something on renewable energy? I went, yes, I can. And then hung up the phone and thought, can I? <laughs> so grabbed some stuff, bought some things from my suppliers that I used to use at school, um, and presented these programs at this environmental day, which meant a few schools kind of met me. I mean, I didn't have banners or anything. I just mm-hmm. kind of had this, you know, I, I was actually just proud. I actually remember having this, this photo of me going, oh, I've got a shirt with embroidery on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'd actually say to these guys, oh, yeah, I'm from physics, but can't spell very well, um, F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S, uh, but we teach science, and would you be interested in me coming out one day? They say, yeah, we'll think about it, and literally 10 weeks later, I got a call from A school. Like, is that long? Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, can you do this thing on this particular topic? And I said, yes, and I hung up the phone and went, oh, crap, I don't have that equipment either. That's right. Say <laughs> so, yes, create the problem. Yeah, create the problem and find the solution real fast. Um, and so, yeah, so it became a slow credibility. So teachers talk to teachers and refer on and they move to different schools as they move to, through their career. And usually if they know a provider that did good for them, rather than take the risk, they would rather take that provider with them to the new school. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's sort of how the slow ball started. Um, wow. Yeah. I see what you mean by a patience game. Can you remember the moment when you felt, oh, hang on, there is a, we've hit a tipping point here. Yeah, um, like a lot of your business owners, it's the whole seven-a-day-week thing. Um, I was doing that for way too long. I'm talking about five, six years. So I do, I do programs for the, so I use a school program during the week to build up income to build 
to buy more stuff to do more school programs. It's kind of like a hamster wheel of Yeah, right. <laughs> so so that, you, you refer to a tipping point there as that moment where you thought, hang on, we're working too hard and, you know, this is not yeah. good for anyone. But what about the tipping point where things all of a sudden started looking up and you've looked your partner or someone in the eye and gone, I, I think this is actually going to take off? Yeah, it would have been um, maybe four or five, four years in. I know it's been odd to say, but it was about four years on when I was getting consistent on work. Why is that odd to say? Sorry? Why is that odd to say four years uh, in? I mean, it's too long. I, well, I mean, I don't know. It all depends on everyone's metric of their own measurement. But, mm. I mean, I often hear people have had this income, uh, so the business has exploded out of the gate and gone gangbusters in a couple of years' time. Whereas often when I describe this at a party at a, you know, at a friend's house or whatever, they'll say, wow, you took four years to sort yourself out. Like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Um, Interesting. But I knew I wanted a base. I wanted credibility that was created by presenting programs properly and the teachers tell people about us in the first, like referral. Yep. I just wanted that. I just knew that it was more important than me trying to press us. So, on- so, so there, was a, there was a moment four years in when that rate of referral started to really pick up and all yeah. of a sudden the machine was delivering inquiry to you and you weren't yep. having to knock on as many doors. Exactly right. And then so me without understanding business too much but knew that, hey, I've got to deal with this time problem, I decided to put on the first staff member and then realised that that meant that was effectively distribution of what we do. And the um, that meant we had more people referring on, and that created another problem. So, we, you know, had to keep on putting on staff to then solve the time problem. And all of a sudden, we got this machine humming, and that's sort of how it went. What do you say to business owners? I mean, I don't, I don't think four years is that long to wait for something to take off. And I don't hear, I mean, I've spoken to a lot of successful business owners. I'm trying to reflect back as we speak as to which ones succeeded out of the gates. And I don't think there were any, you know, I think there's that old saying, it took 20 years to become an overnight success. Um, but what do you say to the business owners that are listening that are waiting for that tipping point and are running out of patience? Obviously, they always talk about pivot and try something new and whatnot, but mm. I also, I, I know I'm a big believer in the end game, and my end game isn't five years from now. It's a, it's way into the future. It's just just chill, and as long as the numbers are going up and your stress levels are going down, <laughs> you're probably on the right track. That's a good that's a good chart. I might I might map that numbers up, stress levels down, heart rate versus num heart rate versus revenue. Yeah, we're talking to a, a, a science educator. We're going to talk numbers, right? <laughs> oh, I love it. Clearly, you love it, mate. Hey, um, all right. So things start to go well. W- was there a moment? Let's look at the reverse of that. Was there a moment when you got the wobbles and you maybe thought, you know what, I could probably go back to science teaching? So much easier. You know what? Absolutely. Then you know, this is it's a real thing that, um, especially in the early days, where. It, it's just, it was just an easy hop back, right? It was just it was so simple just to go back to a steady income. Um, and, you know, I get, I get what you mean here, but the, um, I actually have a, a distinct point in my mind where I know that we, we sat around with our small team at the time. There was three, three of us sitting around. We had staff only worked on the weekends. I was doing crazy stuff on the weekdays. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a push to try and get these extra people genuine full-time work and so we'd have them often leave because I couldn't get enough income for them and I'd have to train the next person up to try and hopefully get them up and going mm. and I, was, I remember saying to my wife going, this is just tough trying to get them to the stage where they we can get income for them to actually jump ship themselves because it wasn't just about me 
it's about convincing staff to actually leave the safe sanctity yeah, yeah. of, a, of a school, you know. So that was a, a real thing, but... Yeah, but welcome to welcome to small business. Have a nice day is what I'd say to that. You know, that's just that's how it is, isn't it? You know, uh, there are going to be those moments when you're looking it in the eye and going, "Wow, is this all worth it?" There's safety. There is safety in that cubicle, but there is also boredom and unfulfilment. Hello to all your all your cubicle escapees. Hey, Benny, um, wrap some numbers around where physics education is at today in 2017. No worries. Um, okay, so really easy. Um, so we currently operate out of Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane and Canberra. Uh, we see roughly 400 or so schools a year face-to-face. So we actually drive out to the schools and run programs for them. We deliver video conferencing worldwide to schools. We can talk about that later if you wish. Um, but we generally, if I wasn't make it up, I think it's about good 300,000 kids a year. I haven't done the June 30 check about what we did last financial year yet. You'd think I would have, but I haven't yet. Um, but we roughly do four and a half thousand shows live wow. per year uh, all over the Eastern Australia. Um, that's, that's, that's my round of applause, buddy. I reckon that is sensational. That is, you, you, have you taken a moment, I hope you have, to pat yourself on the back, to give yourself a little bit of a man hug? Yeah. <laughs> have you had a little quiet time? <laughs> a little quiet time. No. No, no. I, 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 yeah, every now and then, like maybe when when the when everything settles down, when you're sitting on a plane going to another meeting or a conference or something, and you just sort of sit there away from Wi-Fi, and that reflection finally kicks in because the the din of the busyness is gone, mm-hmm. and that's when it just goes. This is just a credit of monster. <laughs> Good on you. I love it. Hey, listeners, I'm talking to longtime listener of this podcast, Ben Newsom from Physics Education, who has built something out of nothing, like many of us small businesses do, business owners do. Benny, let's talk marketing because one thing I love about your approach to business is that you have, I think you have, I have observed from a distance, a, a, a great respect for marketing. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, and there's actually something that's been growing because I've heard there's this podcast. I think it's called Small oh, Business it, Big, small, big Marketing. Big small Business Big Marketing. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. It's that's a good, it. Go check it out. Yep. <laughs> uh, no, it's, I, I, I kind of realise, and this is a thing. Like I know I occasionally sound a bit. I oh, know what words. Um, not an English teacher, but um, <laughs> well, you can't spell physics, so don't try and look for any other words, mate. No, no, no. It's an amazing. I can string anything together, but <laughs> um, the. Um, I, I really didn't respect what a CEO or a business owner actually had to do for a very long time. It was just just make each week meet, and that was the best. I, that was, I thought that's all I had to do. Mm-hmm. And now as, I, as I've grown at the company to the point of where I've got time to start going, well, now what do I do? Um, I'm finding myself having to fill that time because I'm kind of one of those types that can't sit mm-hmm. still. And I figured I might as well do something good for the company. Let's start doing marketing. And it turns out I actually like doing it. So um, not really, let's strip the word back marketing, because marketing, especially in the school environment, has really interesting slash negative, con- you, know, you know, sort of connotations. Which, which um, can I just add, they need to get over. Any, yeah. any teachers or principals listening who think marketing is a dirty word, like get over it. 
because, uh, I mean, a school itself has got to market itself. It's got to attract great teachers. It's got to attract uh, pupils, funding, all that stuff. I mean, that's ridiculous that they even think that. But it's anyway, real. I'll get off my high horse right now. No, 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 no. The high horse is real. And, I, like, I already I said to my team, I said, look, I'm going to speak with Timbo, and um, I've got to be careful because um, I know there was a big Twitter chat because that's the thing. Teachers love Twitter. They, they really hang out on that place. Yeah. And there was, a, there was a report released about how businesses may or may not be controlling the curriculum through various different ways, through policy. And they were, and remember, I used to be a teacher, they were up in arms and mm-hmm. going, business is terrible, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, hang on, but there's people that supply you stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I've, I've got to be you know, very careful because I respect that some people will you know, inevitably you know, find this podcast, not just as business owners, but mm-hmm. educators just interested in sure. stuff. And, um, I mean, I really do respect the profession and why you want to keep kids safe and whatnot, but the reality is is that um, you won't find the great places, the diamonds in the rough, if they didn't tell you about them existing. Correct. So, So, Benny, um, I want you to share two or three, your top two or three marketing strategies that you use to get more customers, but one of the things that I know your business does is clearly that you, you put on shows. I mean, you mentioned earlier in wrapping some numbers around the business, you have put on did you say 300,000 shows? Uh, four and a half thousand shows. Four and a half thousand. About, about 300,000 kids a year Three, that's people right. take, okay. yeah, whatever. So, so you're doing shows. Um, so, But fundamentally, yeah. you're teaching. It's not different to this, my podcast, where I, I sort of pride myself, and I've spoken about this before, of finding that intersection between education and entertainment. You're kind of in that intersection as well, right? That's exactly where we are. And I mean, they even call it a name. They call it edutainment. There you go. I have heard that one before. <laughs> Some people hate that, that term. Oh, um, they can get over it too. <laughs> this is the episode in which we're just going to – teachers, principals, anyone who doesn't like the word edutainment, see what else we can find. But, but tell me, I, I think this is a very powerful marketing lesson in itself, which is the ability to engage, maybe even entertain your prospects in order to get a point across. Yep, exactly. Right. I mean, let's let's flip it the other way. The education system's job is to entertain and sell a concept to a kid so they want to learn it, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever the aspect, it doesn't matter the art, history, math, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, If the kids are sitting bored in the classroom, they're not doing a great job at selling the concept to the kids. So in a lot of ways, it's kind of the same thing. It just doesn't have the branded term on it. Yep, so true. So true. So one of your challenges, I guess, is to find more people like you who, who you mean, you clearly love to perform. You love the drama of what mm. you do. Um, so in building the physics education brand, you, you must have been working hard to attract more bends. And that's the real thing, isn't it? I mean, we've, I've sat in many interviews where – I'm on a lucky point of view – situation now where people apply all the time to work with us and it's Brilliant. fantastic it's like a great place to be we're not reaching out anymore it's just kind of easy and i've sat in interview rooms where this person just shone they're brilliant they're blowing us out of the water and it's that whole classic x factor which some people hate the idea there's such a thing but unfortunately we're part showbiz part science teachers so we actually need a bit of pizzazz if you're going to hold a thousand people in an auditorium in TV cameras that work, so you're going to have to have something about you or it's not going to work. And I've had other people in the same room where I'm not sure I could hear them. <laughs> there was no real personality. There was no mm. inflection in their voice. There was just no charisma mm. that 
I could imagine that. You know, imagine the fourteen-year-old or the nine-year-old sitting in the room going, oh, "Seriously, you've got me here." <laughs> yeah. It'd be terrible. Yeah. So there is, there is a that there's part of it's trainable, but sadly, part it's, it's not innate. always. Yeah, gotcha. Ben, what are the, some of the – you've tried a whole lot of marketing stuff uh, over the years. What's yeah. really working for you? The number one thing, and it's so simple because I know we love the helpful marketing thing, and I'm, real, I'm a big you know, drum banger on that. For you. I mean, certainly it wasn't just because you convinced me. But certainly he did a very good job with it. Jeez, it thanks. just makes sense. Being helpful <laughs> to people has just made sense. And so the, one of the biggest things that's driven us and continues to this day is something simple is just simply – over 100 free experiments on our website. Simple as that. If you oh. go on our website, it's sitting at the top of our banner. Here it is. Here's what you go get from the local supermarket. This is a picture or a video of how this thing works. Here's what you do with it, and here's why it works and some links to somewhere else. And that's grown to, I don't know, 150, 160 different free experiments. It's basically a book just waiting to be put together, by the way. They will do it. Um, and all the blog articles, which are effectively here's how to teach science from a kayak. Actually, that's a real article. <laughs> I've been to... wondering about that. Hold your yeah. thought around the blog because a hundred. I go to your website right now, physicseducation.com.au, and yep. I will find a hundred free experiments. Hey, mate, if I'm a science teacher, I don't need you. <laughs> yep. He says sarcastically. Um, I get it, and I and you know what? I, I want them to run with it seriously, because yeah. inevitably, like, that I may I maybe will can change to the a company called Physics Only without the education part. But to our core of our belief system, or whatever you want to call it, I still believe in education. That doesn't mean just the students. So if, if teachers want to use it, geez, be my guest. Go Mate, nuts. I love it. I, I was being facetious because I think there is a common fear amongst many business owners when I speak to them about sharing that mountain of knowledge that they're standing on, that when once they share it, their competitors are going to take it, their prospects are going to use it so they won't need to buy from them. You know, just, this is wrong. This is wrong. You know, like uh, Geek Squad, Geek Squad in the US many years ago, and this is a company that, you know, went to your home and installed surround sound and updated the software on your computer. They had videos on their website about how to do all that, right? And the owner of Geek Squad is quoted as saying that his best customers are the ones who watch the videos and then realise they can't do it themselves. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, and to be honest, like, I mean, that's the thing. Like our prime market, if you know, thing with the marketing, it's two thirds of it is primary teachers. Like we do work to high schools. Don't get me wrong, mm. we do it to retirement homes. Geez, we've even done it in the prisons and hospitals. I kid you not, go even places. But two thirds of our work is in the primary schools. And look, I can't teach. French because I can't speak French. Um, this is the same thing with science. It means that, that mm. primary teachers have got so much on their plate. They've got to teach a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And having some resources that can help them out a little bit is great. And it, it's just the whole thing. And you know what? I could learn how to cook a cake or I could just order the cake. Nice. Gotcha. And that's the way we sort of run. And so, yeah, literally you can jump on our site. There's heaps of stuff there. And So, so what does that do, Ben? That, that, what does that do? That, I imagine that helps you rank very well on Google because Jeez, these are... Th- I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even realize how much it does. But we really rank on free experiments. Brilliant. Like, massively. <laughs> um, and because of that, I mean, because it's just the sheer number of words typed into the screen. Yep. I mean, you've got three, 400 different pages on our site all with rich content, and I didn't even—we haven't even started the SEO stuff yet. It's just just describing the experiment, right? But it's 
people find us from all over the place. It's crazy. But that's see, that's hundreds of pages for Google to index about your business because Google aren't just indexing one website; they're in- indexing every single page that that website has, and and you are creating pages. I, I've said it before: Google want relevant, unique, helpful content produced regularly. You give them that, they're going to rank you well because you're making the internet a more interesting place, holding people longer, more opportunities for Google to sell ads. It ain't brain a, surgery. What's the, what's, the second, what's the second best marketing tactic you employ to attract customers? This is um, fairly simple. Um, around It's just integrated promotion, I suppose you might call it. So we run programs in schools, holiday programs, science parties and special events. And so if we're at a, doing a holiday science program for Centennial Parkland or Sydney Olympic Park or someone, there'll be people, people there attending who are either teachers who want us to come to their school, so we give them a school flyer. If they're, uh, their kids there, we'll give them stuff about the kids' science parties. If they're interested in science goods, we have an online science store. So each little thing can, if we're, whatever touch point we're doing with the customer, we can always give them something that will be relatable to something else they also know or already do. Um, and that it's, it's sort of thinking, how else can we help them engage with us? Probably the best way to describe it. It's it's a sort of simple thing, I suppose. It's like mm-hmm. not just like, would you like fries with that? It's it's kind of like here's another whole side of the menu which you may be interested in, and kind of helps. Um, but it works too because I mean, it just means that we've got uh, we've got this smorgasbord of things that we do combined with a whole bunch of free stuff on our site which means that we can kind of help people no matter what they want to do from ages three and up. Do you know, I think what you're doing there, whether you know it or not, is that you are, here you are, you're doing, you're doing your show at a, a sports stadium or at a school or a retirement village. You know it's going to entertain and engage the audience. Based on that, they're going to want more of you. Simple. Mm. So good. Okay, we've got the books or we've got the packs or we've got whatever else it is that you have to offer to give them. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, some business owners kind of cringe at that and go, oh, it feels so pushy. I, I actually think it would be disrespectful if you didn't give them opportun- other opportunities to buy from you. That's right. And it also helps that our, obviously our staff have gainful employment and things, but we also know that at the end of it all, each different program that we run will benefit the learner period. Like that's a good thing. So if they can, at least I know that if we're running it, I can at least trust that we'll do it reasonably well. Um, which is what we want to do. Um, and when you're talking from speaking from stage, like another thing that really grabs attention has really put us more as like I suppose the whole key person of influence thing is that we now speak a lot from professional events. Um, we sit on a number of different um, boards yeah. and steering committees about education practice in various different ways. Um, and it means that we're often asked to do not always keynote, but just a quick presentation on blah. And it's that whole power behind the microphone that if you're up on stage talking about what you do, people then go, oh, wow, these guys might know, might know some stuff. <laughs> so that has been a, a real game changer in, remember I said at the start, we, we lack, I, I, not we, I, it was just me, lacked credibility. Yep. And now it's just, well, if we're speaking on international conferences and, and all the rest, it just means that everything becomes easier. Benny, you, you're describing the boomerang effect in action, mate. I mean, you, you set out with physics education to make a living by selling training shows, whatever you want to call them, in schools. But now all the returns are multiplying, you know. You're getting asked to speak on stages you'd never thought you'd be on. You, 
you know, you're finding yourself in places and in situations that are well beyond what you thought you'd be doing, right? Well, it's insane. Um, like, for example, I got audacious one year. Um, I was, I was, we do, we got a lot of partners with different museums and, and large corporate bodies. Um, and one of them um, is, a, is the Australian Age of Dinosaurs Museum in the middle of central Queensland. And this bloke is what's called a Churchill Fellow, where um, there's this uh, trust that got formed to get people who are doing great stuff in Australia to go travel the world to bring knowledge back to Australia to better society. Anyway, so the chairman, um, this guy, this Churchill Fellow, David Elliott, uh, sat me down and said, mate, what you guys are doing is great. I love what you're doing. Try to get science kids. I reckon you should apply. And it was kind of like a bit of a jab in the ribs going, come on, mate, I don't know if you can do it or not. <laughs> Have a shot. Um, so I did. I just had that audacity just for a moment just to apply. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. I didn't even know what the Church of Fellows were or did or what it is. Turns out it's a bit of a thing. <laughs> and um, and um, so I got to go to North America and visit 26 museums around, like 26 museums, zoos, aquariums, science centers all over the place and learn how they were teaching kids via distance education using video conferencing facilities Unreal. to teach remote learners. And the direct impact of that was that I was able to help all these museums across Australia and then all the North American museums wanted to work with us too. <laughs> so wow. we're kind of in this weird situation from just the audacity of applying to something which I didn't know at the time was quite prestigious. I kind of read the application and went, oh, this is a bit of a thing. But I couldn't put down the dare that I couldn't have a go. So I'll have a bit of a go. Should I have yeah. introduced you as Ben Newsom Churchill Fellow? Oh gosh, Goodness I don't know. Me. So Ben, so Ben, mate, I, I just thank you for for having the massive respect you've got for marketing, for taking action and and running with stuff, having the courage to try new stuff. You've written a book. You've yep. um, you have. Am I right in thinking you've got a podcast? Yeah, we are <laughs> eight or nine episodes in oh, now, buddy. and um. We're having a bit of fun with that, actually. I just did a, an interesting conversation with someone this morning who will be on in about a month where she works at this hands-on science museum, but she started off as an airline hostess um, originally. It was just yeah, a weird right. transition. Podcasting is interesting. It's just speaking with interesting people is fun. Yeah, I must try it. Ben, um, <laughs> can we finish? Because you and I are singing from the same songbook. You've embraced this helpful marketing thing big time. Can we just spend a minute getting cross with all those listeners who are still doubting it and maybe give them a bit of a um, bit of a rev up? Wow. Okay. <laughs> where, do you well, want to, where do you want to go? Well, hey, um, clearly, I mean, what's stopping them? What are they scared of? Are they scared of themselves? Are they listening um, to the little fellow on the shoulder saying, oh, what would you know? You know, there's people better than you. I think it's the little fellow. You I, reckon? I... I, I kind of wonder the what a bit I mean I mean, everyone's got a little bit of imposter syndrome oh, to yeah. some degree Oh, yeah. Like I, I saw an interview with Paul McCartney on 60 Minutes last weekend, and he didn't use the words imposter syndrome, but he, he indicated that he still can't believe when he gets up on stage that, you know, he's up to it. So, Well, uh, I wasn't – I was even – I found it odd even trying to answer your question previously, which was, a, you know, do you give yourself a pat on the back? I even find that strange enough, you mm-hmm. know? Like, it's sort of – I think maybe it's not about always trying to prove yourself, but – Jeez, I mean, when you put stuff out into the public, I mean, people can shoot it down, so maybe that's where the fear lies. Wow. Yeah, they might uh, they might get envious and try and copy you and get over it. 
Get over yeah. it. Embrace it. Embrace that mountain of knowledge that you're standing on. Every business owner listening to that. If you need to understand it more, read The Boomerang Effect. Give Benny Newsom a call. Uh, ben Newsom Churchill fellow, I should say, a call <laughs> and um, and pick his brain because um, I, I, I honestly, the more, uh, the more I hear your story and others like it, uh, the more I know that this stuff is absolutely fundamental to growing a great business. So, hey, Benny, thanks for sharing your story, mate, and um, I wish you a huge success into the future. Thanks so much. Have a fantastic afternoon. There you go, team. Ben Newsom of Physics Education. What a good fellow. Now, as often happens after an interview, my guest realises there's a whole lot more they could have shared. Well, guess what? Ben did exactly that. He generously sent me an email afterwards listing some more marketing tactics that are working for him, including video conferencing, pairing Eventbrite and Facebook ads, as well as creating some really powerful partnerships. He's also detailed his future plans, including an audiobook, Facebook Live ideas, a loyalty program, so much more. So I've turned that email into a blog post, which you'll find a link to over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 374. Absolutely worth a look. Coming up, I share my top three attention grabbers from that fireside chat with Ben, plus Dale Beaumont has a very cool way to find anyone's email address. But first, I'd love to tell you about a simple way to get a whole lot more done in your business with a whole lot less. As you probably know by now, I'm a big supporter of offshoring to the Philippines, any process-driven tasks that are costing you a fortune to get done locally. Data entry, inbound and outbound calling, appointment setting, SEO, website and social media management, I'm sure you've got a list like that that goes on and on and on. Consider getting yourself a virtual assistant at Cornerstone, a VA. I've got one and he's a complete game changer, freeing me up to focus on creating great content for you whilst he looks after everything else. I know some of you have fears and reservations around this way of building your business. That's why Cornerstone has a no-brainer offer they call the Outsourcing Accelerator Program. You see, it removes most of the risk from what should be a really exciting next step in growing that beautiful business of yours. The upfront investment is a one-off refundable $1,500 deposit which covers four months of training and induction whilst your new virtual assistant starts work immediately in your business, plus their monthly salary, which ranges between 700 and and 1000 bucks. To see if this is right for you and your business, book a no-obligation feasibility assessment with owner David Warren right now, or maybe not right now, after the show's finished, on 029037. 8275 or visit cornerstonebusinesssolutions.com.au. Now, back to the show. Righto, my top three attention grabbers from that chat with Ben Newsom of Physics Education, thanks to 52ways.biz and Cornerstone. Attention grabber number one, 100 free science experiments. This is genius. Not only will it create massive goodwill amongst teachers who may one day book Ben and his team, but the amount of Google juice it would create is off the charts. Attention grabber number two, creating an employee brand. 
Ben has worked really hard at creating a look, feel and environment that attracts and retains great people. That alone is good for business. Plus, it means his HR costs are a whole lot less than they would be if he wasn't creating a brand that people would love to work for. And attention grabber number three, Ben's sustained enthusiasm for marketing. I love it. I've got to say, though, I don't see this enough. I see a lot of enthusiasm, just not sustained enthusiasm, where the business owner truly respects the power of marketing to the point that it's constantly on their mind, where they're trying to figure out how to improve on what's already working and what to introduce into the mix next. That's what grabbed my attention. Love to know what grabbed yours. Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 374 and let me know. Life just got a whole lot easier. Hi, it's Dale Beaumont here from 52ways.biz, the best one-day business workshop ever with another productivity tool to make your business life a whole lot easier. So what is the tool that I have for you today? Well, it's called Clearbit Connect and the URL is connect.clearbit.com. Now, this is an extension if you're using Gmail and it can be used to find the email address of just about anyone. You see, within this piece of software, they have over 250 million email addresses. And if you wanna connect with someone that perhaps may be largely unreachable, you may be able to find their direct email address through this tool. So all you need to do is install this extension within Gmail, and then you can search for companies, and then you can search for people within those companies, and then voila, you'll actually be able to find their email address. Plus, you'll also be able to find their location and also links to their various social media platforms. Now, it works around 90% of the time. And if you want to connect with someone that uh, you want to maybe prospect uh, or you want to uh, get to know, then you can use this tool. And in most cases, you'll be able to find their direct email address. So if you're a Gmail user, then you're in luck today because this is a great tool that you should definitely be using in your business. There you go. I told you life would get a whole lot easier. This has been Dale Beaumont from 52ways.biz. Now, back to you, Timbo. Life just got a whole lot easier. I saw Dale use Clearbit at his 52 Ways event recently and it blew my mind. Literally one click and he found the email address of someone that would normally be protected by a couple of Dobermans. Now, for another 51 ways to grow your business, be sure to attend Dale's free live event that's touring Australia and New Zealand this August. You can grab a free ticket for you and a friend, or three, over at 52ways, that's 52ways.biz. Righto, that almost... Almost wraps up another episode of the Small Business Big Marketing Show, but don't worry, plenty of marketing gold coming your way in the weeks ahead, including a chat with a promotional products veteran of some 30 plus years. Now, I don't know about you, but if I never get another stress ball or cheap free pen, I'll be happy. So my aim was to understand how promotional products can successfully fit 
into your marketing mix. And I think we have achieved that. I think you're going to enjoy that little interview. Hey, have you listened to the chat I had with Scott Bukok, the creator of Hegs, which are pegs with hooks? It's one of those moments you, you just never get in your life. I, it, it, I even remember what I did. I, I leant down and I pulled up a black dress of my wife's and I looked at the line and I looked at the dress and I honestly, I thought, oh my God, how am I going to hang this nice, beautiful, black, silky dress of my wife up without any line marks, peg marks and sun marks? And I even remember the day, it wasn't just sunny, it was sunny and cloudy, it was coming through and I thought, how am I going to do this? Because that was my, my first thing was the sun marks are going to end up on the top of the dress because it was hanging over. It was just really funny. There was only three pegs because I'm one of those people that we get the pegs off and we put them in the basket. So there was only three pegs on the line and I looked at one of them and I went, oh, if that had a hook on it, I could actually hang the uh, straps of my wife's black dress on it. And I went, oh my God, that would be, you know, fantastic. There'd be no peg marks, no line marks and no sun marks. <laughs> what a good husband. Scott went on to produce 53 million hegs in his first year and it continues to go from success to success. You'll find that full interview plus hundreds more over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com or you can subscribe free on your favourite podcast catcher, which I would love you to do. I'd also love to hear from you, so feel free to email me, tim at timreid.com.au and go ahead and join the Small Business Big Marketing Facebook page. It's a lot of fun over there. Be sure to grab your free seat at Dale Beaumont's 52 Ways event that will be touring Australia and New Zealand in August this year. Simply go to 52ways.biz and grab a seat or two for you and a friend, because they are limited. Plus, if your to-do list is freaking you out, then it's time to start building that team in the Philippines. Stop putting it off. Give David Warren a call at Cornerstone on 02-9037-8275 or visit cornerstonebusinesssolutions.com.au. If you love the small business big marketing show, why wouldn't you? Then let another business owner know about it. Grab their phone, open the podcast app, download the show for them, hit subscribe. Until next week, I'm Timbo Reid. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now. Oh,